Because community is something we create by sharing. Sharing our common interests. Sharing what we have. Sharing our hope for the future. Because we all need a place where we can feel safe and be loved. Because the challenges in Winnipeg are not impossible to solve, and we must come together to solve them. Today on the Winnipeg Foundation's Because Radio, the Foundation recently hosted a vital conversation lunch and learn called Living Long and Staying Strong, and today's episode will focus on how we can stay healthy and how our communities can be more age-friendly. We'll learn more about the Manitoba Association of Senior Centers and ANO Support Services for Older Adults. We'll hear what vital conversation attendees do to stay healthy and their thoughts on how we can make communities more age-friendly. And we'll have highlights from this week's episode of the Because and Effect podcast featuring Kai Madsen, Executive Director of the Christmas Cheer Board. All this and more on the Winnipeg Foundation's Because Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Winnipeg Foundation's Because Radio. My name is Robert Zirk. And I'm Sunny Promolo. Sunny, how are you doing this week? We're doing great. Yeah, just looking forward to this show, the Vital Conversation special episode. Yeah, well, we both were at the event on Monday and uh, I really enjoyed uh, Dr. Verena Menick's presentation on healthy aging and the different kinds of things that we can do to live longer and you know, it's, I think the biggest takeaway that I got from her presentation was that it's important to remember that a little bit can go a long way. You don't have to be an elite athlete to do physical activities that can have a positive impact on your overall health. Absolutely. And it's just as equally important to stay active as it is to, you know, prevent things like smoking and things like that. So it's, it was a definitely, it was definitely a great conversation. Absolutely. And if you weren't able to tune into last week's show, uh, I spoke with Dr. Menek about those topics. Uh, that's episode number 32. And you can find our full conversation at becauseradio.org. Again, becauseradio.org and look for episode 32. It was the episode that aired last week. And uh, Dr. Menek covers a lot of what she spoke about at the Vital Conversation. So if you weren't able to to attend Monday's Vital Conversation, that's a good way to get all of the information that was presented at the keynote at the Vital Conversation. So today's show is themed around the most recent of the Winnipeg Foundation's Vital Conversation series, as we've been discussing here on the show so far, Living Long and Staying Strong, and that took place on December 2nd. We'll continue our coverage by first speaking with Connie Newman, who is the executive director of the Manitoba Association of Senior Centers, which uh, partnered with the Winnipeg Foundation to host the event. And we'll learn a little bit more about the organization and how senior centers provide great opportunities to stay active, just what we've been talking about this week and last week on the show. So we hope you'll stay tuned for that. This week's foundation feature on Because Radio focuses on community. 
Welcome back to Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined via telephone by Connie Newman, the Executive Director of the Manitoba Association of Senior Centres, which partnered with the Winnipeg Foundation to host the vital conversation on living long and staying strong this past Monday. Connie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome, and good morning, maybe good afternoon to you all. Tell us a bit about the Manitoba Association of Senior Centres and give us a bit of background on how it got started. Okay, the Manitoba Association of Senior Centres is a member-driven association and right now we have about 59 centres in the province of Manitoba who are members of MASC. And we provide to our member centres Um, orientation, board development, capacity building, conflict resolution, and we keep them informed of older adult services, um, ideas, concepts, some of the research out there. I need to say that a a senior center is an active living center, a creative living center, could be a friendship center. They are coming with all kinds of different names, And they're places where older adults can go to learn, to enjoy, to be physically active, to possibly learn a new hobby, and above all, have fun, to get connected, which is very important, and social connectedness is a determinant of our own health. We're in a more connected world than ever before, and while that's true, as we become more connected in certain ways, there's still a lot of social isolation and loneliness. So it's important not only to maintain those connections, but to continue to make new ones. Absolutely. Um, Social connection, uh, the ability to face to face with somebody sometime is very important for our own mental health. And it doesn't matter what age. People of all ages, young and old, need to be talking to their, connecting with their age peers, as well as those from a different generation, we'll say, because we can all learn from each other, no matter what age we are. Tell us a little bit about how senior centers are vital to our neighborhoods and communities. You mentioned, you know, reducing isolation and loneliness. What are some other ways in which uh, they play an important role? Senior centers are what I'm going to call hubs of information. And I firmly believe that knowledge is power, is personal power. So the more knowledge we have, just because I turned 65 doesn't mean I quit learning. Life is moving so fast, we are have to constantly be learning and gaining knowledge about our happenings and about, about the community around us. So as I age, if I'm at a senior center doing programming or having fun, I'm also connecting and gaining knowledge about what's happening in my community. Every senior center has its own unique programs, but what are some of the most common kinds of programming or activities that uh, people can find if they go to check out their local center? (laughs) That's most common. There'll be generally some sort of movement activities, 
some of us call it exercise, but for some of us, we don't like to exercise. So I personally call it movement. Some will have uh, low-impact exercise movement. Some will have high-impact, depending upon the needs of the group of the time. I would say there's often the low-impact, mind-provoking activities like card playing, challenges to the mind by uh, some of the groups have canasta, bridge, cribbage, scrabble, so we'll call them board games or card games. Some of them have choirs that they meet on a regular basis. Some will have painting groups. Some have pickleball groups. So it depends on the community or the neighborhood and or the membership because if you've got an idea and you think you know somebody will train, facilitate, teach it, a senior center is a place to start the new idea. It's important, you know, that senior centers are always in tune with the ideas and uh, and what the community wants, basically. Absolutely. And I, if they belong to the Manitoba Association of Senior Centers, I keep them up to date on the local research and the no- local concepts coming out from various research companies, etc. Most recently, we got involved with Caden. Canadian Association for Deprescribing Network because the research today out there, there's too many of us over the age of 65 taking too many medications and they're counterproductive to each other. So we did a whole theme this past year with our member centers on overprescribing of medication. Just one of many things we do as an organization. How many senior centers are there in Winnipeg and in Manitoba? In Winnipeg, as members of MASS, we got well over 25, 29, I think, is the last count. But there's more groups happening for their best-kept secrets because there are groups out there that meet on a regular basis that are not members of us, but it's important that anybody who needs to get connected You've probably got a seniors group in your neighborhood that maybe you could walk there. So my message is look around, ask, and in some cases I even know about them. may not be members of MASK, but I do know where there are some groups happening. So senior centers play a big role in contributing to an age-friendly community. And I'm wondering, what do we need to do on an individual level to push for communities that are more and more age-friendly and inclusive? I'm going to say we need to be friendly as a starting point. I grew up in a time where everybody on my street knew everybody else. We need to get back to being friendly in Manitoba and to say hi to our neighbors next door, to the, the older person down the hallway, as older persons love saying hi to young people. Uh, we have to respect everybody, which is a tenant or theme of age friendliness, and I think that's an important piece. And the other thing that I think we need to do we need to help each other. Volunteerism a word is a word that scares people because in some cases it's possibly been too long and too involved. But we have to, as a community, give back and help each other to have a good quality of life. 
Absolutely. It sounds like, really, it just comes down to kindness and understanding. Agreed totally. Be nice. One of our uh, Hollywood people, her theme is, be nice. And if we were all nice, we'd have a better world to live in. Better Manitoba, better Winnipeg to live in. How do members of senior centers or people who participate in the activities, what are some of the some of the benefits that you see in people who are, you know, actively taking part? They have a support system. Um, I would say they smile more. They have a place to go. As we age, we become more alone because our partner is passed on. Our friends have passed on. And sometimes we wake up one day and who are we talking to? And if we're involved in a center, then there's people there, could be staff, could be volunteers. You walk in the door and they're going to say good morning or good afternoon, and we get that social connection. And if you're connected, you're going to feel better. And so the minor pain we have as we age tends to go away if we're with people. We're just about out of time, but is there anything else you'd like to add about uh, about the Manitoba Association of Senior Centers? I would say that whoever you are as listeners, get connected somewhere. And one of those places to connect is to a center that's a member of the Manitoba Association of Senior Centers, and you can find us online, and through that online connection, you can find your local neighborhood senior center. Absolutely, and the website is manitobaseniorcenters.com. So manitobaseniorcenters.com, and I think it's under the locations tab where people can find a center that's uh, that's close to them. Absolutely, absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much, Connie, for speaking with me today about the Manitoba Association of Senior Centers and the important role that senior centers play in our communities. Thank you again so much for speaking with me today. Well, and you all have a good day, including you. Take care. Thanks, Robert. Up next, while at the Vital Conversation, producer Jeremy Morans spoke with Amanda McCrae, CEO of ANO Support Services for o- Older Adults, to learn about ANO's programs and services to support the needs of older adults in Manitoba. You're listening to Begons Radio. I'm standing here uh, just as our vital conversation, Living Long and Staying Strong, is wrapping up. It was an engaging conversation on how seniors in our community can, um, well, live long and stay strong. I'm joined right now by Amanda McRae from A&O Support Services for o- Older Adults. Thank you so much for uh, uh, letting me track you down and talk to you here in the corner. <laughs> really appreciate it. So tell us what uh, what the organization is and, and uh, what you do. Well, ANO has been around since 1957 and has really evolved to meet the needs of older Manitobans. Um, ANO provides innovative programs and services under three primary pillars, uh, being social engagement, the other being counseling, and then safety and security. And under each of those pillars are a number of different programs and services available to support older Manitobans to age well. 
What uh, do you want to touch on? What uh, compelled you to get involved in the world of uh, active living for seniors and making sure those supports are there? I think it's just important across the life courses. We all want to age well, and we're all aging from the time we're born. So I, t I think we tend to think, oh, it's all of a sudden I'm old. It's that's not really how it happens. I think that. Um, across the life course we need to take care of ourselves and I think that um, this conversation today was really important and I think one area that we need to be mindful of is sort of that issue of ageism right and ageism can happen across the life course not just to older adults but I think for our intents and purposes we're focusing on people who are 55 and older and I think that that's part of why sometimes we see this stall in terms of supports for older adults and that was largely part of the conversation today um, issues for older adults because we have population aging and so we have more older adults uh, than we do children and youth 14 and under now so that's a huge percentage of the population that needs to be addressed and addressed well and and mindfully with planning and I think that's where policy we've fallen short and I think that's embedded in this ageist attitude that's allowed to perpetuate even though we might not think that we're doing it we have a very youth fixated culture and um, that really leaves out a, a large percentage of our population. So for seniors who might be listening to this right now what are some recommendations you can give to them to advocate for themselves and for their community and for their own health? I think that's the, I think that's the answer. If we want change, I think it has to sit with each and every one of us regardless of our age. We all know an older adult that we care about that's important in our lives. I think that's when you come down to voting, right? Is when is it going to change? When do you want to see there be some fundamental policy changes that make sure that adults are embedded into each priority within um, government and each priority within healthcare, for example. So it's not just that we need special standalone items for older adults. We need to make sure that if we're looking at healthcare and we're looking at access to the medical system, that the needs of older adults are factored in. So it's everybody across the life course. So we're not asking for extra work. It's just making sure that every theme within government, whether it be transportation, are we looking at the needs from birth? to older adults. If it's housing, same thing. If it's active living opportunities, transportation, right? So those need to be looked at from birth to 110, right? It's a whole, if you think of retirement as 55 and people could be living well past 100, that's another lifetime that we're not taking into account that we should be planning meaningful programs and services, support policy, to enable people to age well and if we're aging well then if we want to talk about dollars and saving money that's where you're going to realize that if we actually take the time to invest in this end. What are some other main points that you uh, not only heard today but maybe over the course of your career in this field as well what are some main things that you're hearing from senior demographics? I think it's interesting in that um, aging um, it's going to be different for all of us and what it means for you to age well versus what it means for myself to age well. But we also know that to age well, you need some pretty basic fundamental pieces and people identified them today. So in terms of finances, right, if you're poor and you're vulnerable, um, you can't access safe, affordable housing. There's food security issues. 
transportation issues, right? You have health uh, limitations. You are going to have a harder time aging well. And we can have a very young person, we can talk about biological age versus chronological age, and if I'm living in poverty and I'm 50, I might present as if I'm 80, given my life circumstances. So we need to support people to age well, and if the idea is to support them to age well in their own homes, then we need to make sure that we're investing in terms of proactive community-based programs. Very insightful. If listeners want to learn more about uh, the work you do and your organization does, uh, what, what, where can they? Is there a website they yes, can go to? Yes, you can go to aosupportservices.ca. Amanda McRae, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. Following the vital conversation, Jeremy and I spoke with some of the participants to learn about what they do to stay as healthy as possible for as long as possible, as well as their suggestions for how we can make communities more age-friendly so that people can stay healthy. Welcome back to a special Vital Signs edition of the Winnipeg Foundation's Because Radio. As you all know, the Winnipeg Foundation recently held another vital conversation called Living Long and Staying Strong. During the conversation, Dr. Verena Menick, PhD, professor in the Department of Community Health Sciences at U of M, spoke on the many things that we can do to help us all age well. After her keynote, three questions were asked to everyone in the room. What do you do to stay healthy and age well? What opportunities does your community offer to help you age well and stay healthy? And what might be needed in your community or in your life to encourage you to stay healthy and age well? We got the chance to speak with some of the event's guests after the event to find out what their answers were to those questions. Here's what people had to say about what they do to stay healthy and age well. Well, I walk four floors every morning in my apartment block and I do an hour of stretches and uh, besides that i play golf and go to the dome and all that kind of stuff so i keep and that i do on a regular every day so that's how i keep active and uh, also i'm very involved in the community and and doing a lot i'm with uh, with uh, pal of seniors organization i'm their fundraising chairman so i go to the gym regularly uh, i teach yoga for the last seven years at manitoba hindu seniors uh, and also I do monthly program, meet, eat and greet. So that, that, that keeps my mind active and also keep my body healthy. And I've been doing it for last seven years. I just live my normal, ordinary life. <laughs> what can I say? I try and eat well. I have a dog and I walk him. I do yoga. I do morning stretches. Um, I volunteer in my community. And uh, I visit seniors at our senior center. Well, I think like most people in the room, exercise and eating is the key thing. I, I would say that seniors, just because we retired from our careers, doesn't mean we give up. Get involved. I think that's the key. We also asked them what opportunities their communities offered to help them age well and stay healthy. None that I actually know of, except what I heard about in here. Well, I, I have a a tough time saying what we have. We've got PAL, but that was a community that the, the community itself organized, not government or anybody else, but uh, you know, that, that does it. But we're getting no support from the community centers in South Winnipeg. 
and we've got no facilities where they're planning to build a big recreation center there but at the moment uh, not a heck of a lot <laughs> in our community we have a temple and uh, in the temple they have a, a room which is more like an auditorium and uh, there they play different games and so many other activities happens uh, including uh, yoga uh, other wellness activities and so on. At the same time, we are so much involved in our ethnicity, different organization where we take a lot of active role and be a volunteer. I'm able to walk to different events that are close by. Um, we have a new arena in our town right now, built last year, and it has a walking uh, track on the second floor, and it's open to the public. You can use it in winter when the sidewalks are slippery or streets, etc. Um, we have a senior center. We have a, uh, a mental health center where people can come that are lonely and can socialize and have lunch there free of charge. Um, and we have a golf course for activity in the summer. Uh, a library which offers many many services we are really a quite a vibrant little community in London well I think uh, I spend half my time in Winnipeg and half my time in the country uh, I find that uh, Winnipeg has a lot of stuff to offer if we would just get out and avail ourselves of the opportunities and it doesn't cost a lot to walk on a park street or down a hallway or in a mall or the fancier stuff. To top it off, we asked guests what might be needed in their community and lives to encourage them to stay healthy and age well. Well, I think I think uh, for me, it's it's uh, it's uh, my wife passed away three years ago, and uh, it's loneliness is my biggest problem. Not being active and all the rest of it. So, being able to get out and meet people and do things and, and respond are great uh, and certainly uh, that's what the community needs to encourage for seniors anyway a lot more of that kind of activity going on. Well I think as long as your mind is active and also physically you are active and then you're taking part in different events which happens all over the city you know and you try to integrate with different ethnicity so you learn from each other as well as you can age gracefully. More opportunities to get out and to meet with people and to socialize. Well, I am an unpaid family caregiver, and being paid would have been nice. I had to give up my career about 20 years ago to do this. Um, other things that are more provincial, I guess, for example, there are a number of medicines that are needed, essential for health, that are not covered by Pharmacare. If they're not covered by Pharmacare, they're not covered by Blue Cross. And sometimes people simply can't afford to stay healthy medically. Well, we're looking at all ages. Right now, uh, we have a group that is actively fundraising for a skateboard park for the young people, basketball and tennis courts. They have fundraised and they've applied for grants and it looks like the tennis courts and the basketball courts will be up and running in the summer of 2020. Is one thing, yes. And we're trying to be more age-friendly, uh, improving our sidewalks, because uh, some of them were in disrepair and, and uh, dangerous. Uh, we've uh, We've looked after that. We're getting more accessibility into the buildings, uh, just making our community more age-friendly so people can get out and about safely. I think the big thing is our own attitude. 
seniors have to stay active, advocate for yourself and be involved. Overall, it was a great discussion with tons of amazing insight. Thank you to everyone who attended the Winnipeg Foundation's Vital Conversation, Living Long and Staying Strong. For more information about the Winnipeg Foundation's Vital Conversation event series, visit www.winnipegvitalsigns.org. Thanks, Sonny and Jeremy, and thank you to everyone who spoke with us at the Vital Conversation on Monday. Up next, Because and Effect host Nolan Bicknell will be joining me momentarily to share some highlights from his most recent conversation with Kai Madsen, the executive director of the Christmas Cheer Board. The Christmas Cheer Board is celebrating its centennial this year, and Kai has been celebrating some personal milestones as well with the organization, so we'll have some highlights from their conversation coming up here on Because Radio. Welcome back to the Winnipeg Foundation's Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and we are now joined in studio by Nolan Bicknell. He is the host of the Winnipeg Foundation's Because and Effect podcast, with new episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this week's guest is Kai Madsen, the executive director of the Christmas Cheer Board. And I understand that both he personally and the organization he's with are celebrating a few different milestones in 2019. That's right, Robert. Yeah, Kyle, Kai is a great man. Um, he's been with the cheer board for 50 years. He actually started volunteering five decades ago, which is pretty crazy. When I learned that, I was like, wow, can't imagine doing anything for 50 years. But uh, And 2019 is not just his 50th year. He's actually celebrating his 25th year as executive director as well. And then on top of both those milestones, the cheer board itself was founded way back in 1919. So this is their 100th anniversary as well. It's been, uh, it was pretty weird how it all lined up like that, but uh, pretty cool as well. So, so what were some of the things that you talked about? Well, we talk about lots, obviously, how the cheer board operates, how it got started, how it's changed over the years since uh, Kai has has uh, started there, and basically what it's meant to the city for the last hundred years, which, um, w- as far as I could tell, is just a, a really bright spot in many families' lives that, that could really lift their spirits during the holiday season. We don't profess to solve you know, the issues that we have. We're really just trying to make sure that people who are having difficulties because quite often they feel like they're not part of something. And so when we do our little thing at Christmas time, it sort of includes them and and makes them part of the community. And I think that's really important and really pays dividends down the road. I'd imagine the effect that this can have on families and on the kids especially would be pretty profound. Well, absolutely. And Kai mentioned that so many times, just the feeling you get when you're helping out in another family and the feeling when uh, the recipients often turn to volunteers years later once they've kind of gotten a little bit better luck and, and can give back as well. It's actually quite amazing because uh, we, we have lots of people who as children were recipients and um, they come in and they say hi. And uh, in, in many cases, you know, they say, you know, Kai, if it hadn't been for the cheer board, we wouldn't have had a Christmas. As the executive director, Kai Madsen is the face of the cheer board, and he has been for years. Has he always been comfortable in that role? Yeah, he talked about it being a pretty solid transition from volunteer to executive director 
director, you know, if you've been with an organization for 25 years, you probably know the ins and outs at that point. So the he's he's settled into his role as ED quite well, but it, it is a double-edged sword because he is the face of the company, as you mentioned, and his message has been resonating for a long time, but he's also nearing the end of this career and, you know, who could fill those shoes possibly? So they're, they're, they're thinking about that for sure. That because of the longevity of uh, my involvement, um, it, it's part of my soul. You know, it, I mean, it's hard to separate Kai from the Christmas cheer board. And, um, and there's some good things about that, but also some bad things. Um, because I'm, I'm the face. And the advantage to that is that if I go and give a speech, I don't have to explain why I'm there. They know why I'm there. I'm there to ask for their help, whether it's money, groceries, what have you. Uh, a new person may not be easily sort of able to convey the reason for being there. And so uh, whoever takes over us, and, and I worry about this a little bit, you know, and, but I'll stay on a little while mentoring and uh, make sure that uh, it doesn't flounder. It's such an incredible initiative, but I'd imagine, you know, that kind of work day in and day out must also be pretty emotionally difficult at times. For sure. And I asked about that. Like Kai has pretty much seen it all over his 50 year uh, experience with the cheer board. And he told a great story about presumptions that he made and that people make based on how people look or, you know, whatever stereotypes we all tell ourselves. It was a great story. This is sort of a self-deprecating kind of comment, but we, we as people or tend to sort of jump to conclusions sometimes. And um, I can recall I was working in the warehouse one evening and uh, and when the hampers are ready for delivery, they sit on the floor with names on them and, and which area of the city and so on, and then we deliver them. But there was a guy who came in and he was just kind of wandering around. And it was a very quiet evening, so there wasn't a lot of action there. and. Uh, and he looked, he, he looked pretty rough. And uh, my immediate thought was, of course, he's looking for a hamper. First mistake. So I went over and I said, can I help you? And uh, he says, uh, yes, I'd like to make a donation. So that was the first mistake. But here again, we now leap again. And, and it's very, very common for humans to do this. What size donation are you going to get on this one? And it was quite a walk, so I had to think about it a little bit. So I, I sort of guesstimated it was going to be a $25 donation. And there's nothing wrong, don't get me like there's no criticism meant by that. But it's natural. So I go, go in and I sit down and I get out the receipt book and so on. And I say, how much? And he says, $1,000. Second mistake. And then I said, Wow, that's very generous. And again, he then said that as a child, he re- he was a recipient of a hamper. And he says, I've done okay in life. I'm not rich, he says, but I'm okay. And so I'm just paying back. And, you know, those, those things happen all the time. And then people come in and, you know, make a donation of $25,000 and things of that nature. Well, that just blows me away. And there's always standout moments in the Just Because segment. So what would you say were some of the answers that Kai gave that stood out to you? Sure, yeah. So um, for people who 
don't know the just because segment is a, a segment where I ask the same seven questions to all of the guests on the podcast, you know, questions like what's the first cause you ever cared for or what do you want to be remembered for? So kind of like thought provoking questions. And one of the questions is the best advice you've ever been given. And I loved what Kai had to say about that. I actually had been thinking about that one because I heard a quote by Warren Buffett and he says, always surround yourself with people smarter than you. And then, of course, I become flippant. And when I'm with my friends, I said, I'm still looking. That's hilarious. Sounds like he's a great man with a great sense of humor. He sure is. It was a great conversation. Um, if you've never heard of Kai Madsen or the Christmas Cheerboard, it's definitely worth a listen if you want to listen to the newest Because and Effect podcast. You can go to um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just go to becauseandeffect.org, and all the episodes are there, including the most recent one with Kai. Absolutely. So again, be sure to check out Because and Effect at becauseandeffect.org. And we'll look forward to uh, another installment next week. Nolan, thank you, thank you again so much for joining me today and sharing the latest from Because and Effect. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to Because Radio. Before we go, it's almost that time of year where we'll be sharing some of the highlights from the first season of our program. That's right. We'll be hosting those on December 26th and January 2nd before starting our second season of Because Radio on January 9th. We've covered so many great stories over the year and it's really hard to choose between them, so we thought we'd open it up to you. That's right. So what was your favorite story from this past year of Because Radio episodes? What story would you like to hear again on the show? Give us a call, 204-944-9474, extension 360, or we invite you to email us at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. And let us know what you think should go on our 2019 Because Recap. Again, 204 944 9474 extension 360 or you can tell us your favorite because radio story by email at because radio at wpgfdn.org That's a wrap for today's episode of Because Radio. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. Our Because Radio theme music, Call of the North, was written and performed by Micah Ehrenberg. You can find more of his music at micaehrenberg.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. Again, that's becauseradio.org. And if you have any feedback about today's show, ideas for stories, or Winnipeg impact makers, or, as we mentioned earlier, if there's a favorite story from this past year that you'd like to hear on our 2019 Because Recap, please give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360, or you can email us at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. And you can also follow the Winnipeg Foundation on social media at WPGFDN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for Because Radio. And I'm Sonny Promolo. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.